We are live, Iowa post game with from the Hawkeye of the Storm, the first of hopefully many this season, recapping Iowa's 99 to 47 win over Slippery Rock. And I still don't even know what the Slippery Rock uh, mascot is. So if someone wants to comment that, I would love to know. But Iowa gets the win today in its exhibition game, 99 to 47. And of course, we're not going to read too much into this result. Certainly, uh, this is a game that uh, you would expect Iowa to win by 30, 40, really, regardless of what team Iowa has. But certainly, you got to read between the lines. We're going to do that this evening for the next 20 to 30 minutes. And certainly, you are welcome to um, chat with us. Uh, of course, if you're listening here from the Hawkeye of the Storm and you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do that now. Perhaps you've watched uh, our post-game show with Coach Don Patterson over at Iowa at the Voice of College Football. You've subscribed there. Be sure to subscribe here because, again, I, I can say probably about 95% of the games this year, we will have live post-game shows for Iowa men's basketball. So it's going to be a good time. We'll be making an announcement regarding our analyst who will have joining us Starting Tuesday, we'll be making that announcement here in a few minutes. But again, if you haven't already subscribed to our channel here from the Hawkeye of the Storm on YouTube, do that and you'll be ready for uh, whatever uh, comes this Iowa men's basketball team's way this season. And certainly if you're reading into the results from tonight, a lot of good, still some question marks, certainly, and we'll, we'll talk about those. But uh, it's just great to have basketball back. And it's great to see a team that looks willing to play on the defensive end as well. And we'll talk about that, too. All right. A few uh, notes here before we get started. Um, if you want to call us, here's the number to call. I want to make sure that our phone line is working here. You can call in, chat with us. Um, 515. Let me grab the right number here. I see it's on your screen, but I'm going to confirm this. 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601. And again, um, ask us. We can talk about whatever. If you want to talk about some football today, we can talk about that as well. But we're here to recap Iowa's um, exhibition win. And uh, according to Jared, Rocky is the mascot. It's a lion. Thank you for that research, Jared. Um, and uh, certainly uh, that makes sense because we kept hearing them call Slippery Rock the rock throughout the game. I think it was just settles on the call. And um, yeah, that was a little bit confusing to me. I will say this, just settles. It was nice to have him on the call. BTN plus, and we can talk about BTN plus, but BTN plus is, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not loyal to big 10 network. It, it's a sham. I mean, it's a total sham. Uh, BTN Plus, I mean, I buy it every year because I want to watch Iowa basketball games early in the season. I think this year, Iowa men, they have like, what, five or six games um, that are on BTN Plus exclusively. But man, it is, it, the stream worked okay today. The stream worked okay, except for the fact that we missed the first four or five minutes of game time because the stream wasn't, they didn't start the, the stream. It wasn't an internet issue or an app issue. It was simply the producers with BTN plus didn't have the stream on. I mean, good Lord. And this isn't the first time this has happened. Um, 
I don't know who's on the production team. I know it used to be BTN Student U, and they actually had students running these live streams. Um, it seems a little bit more professional now. It's obviously an HD feed, and I don't believe it was before, as I recall. And this is just me trying to recall memories from years ago. Some of these games, I believe, also aired on Mediacom Connections 22, and maybe I'm getting that confused. But man, those streams were ugly. It's improved from a visual standpoint. But again, how do you allow the first four to five games of a premium of premium content that people are having to pay per month for? How do you allow the first few minutes of the game to just be a running clock on everybody's screen? I mean, and here's the problem. And I ran into this yesterday. You can't get in touch with customer service with Big Ten Network. There ain't nobody to call. All right. Um, you can you can email BTN, but I'll tell you this. I signed up for the monthly uh, Iowa package yesterday morning, and I signed up with iTunes. Now, that's that was my first mistake. If you're going to buy BTN+, Plus, maybe you haven't already and you're waiting for the first regular season game that's on BTN+, Plus, I would do it as soon as possible, and I would not pay with a third party, meaning don't pay with iTunes, don't pay with Google Pay, don't pay with PayPal, pay with a credit card. And I know that may, maybe makes you more nervous. If you've got a good credit card company that's going to stick up for you in the, in the uh, event of a dispute, I would feel more. I, I ended up paying with credit card because what happened was I tried to pay with iTunes. All right. Paid. I got a receipt from Apple. Came out of my PayPal. All right. Because my PayPal is linked to iTunes. And... I went back to the app to try to just see if I could watch any Iowa content just to test my subscription. It said there was no subscription active. And I waited and I waited and I waited nothing. So I try to find a number, no number. And I've dealt with this every year with BTN. There's always an issue with BTN. And finally sent an email in to BTN support. I actually sent two emails in, no response. So I called Apple and had them refund me my money. And then I went back into BTN Plus and paid with a credit card. Now, you may say that's stupid for giving them another opportunity to steal your money. But either way, I would get my credit card company to refund me my money. It was only 10 bucks, 10 bucks a pop. And when I signed up through a credit card on my desktop or on my laptop, I should say, it worked fine. So if you're going to buy BTN Plus, do not pay for BTN Plus through your iPad or, or a mobile device. I would encourage you to use the desktop version of BTN Plus and then pay with a credit card. Pay through their website, not with a third party. And I finally got a, an email response from somebody overnight. It was like midnight. And I get a response from some woman with BTN Plus and it almost just sounded automated. Probably was because who's taken who's who with BTN Plus is responding at, at 1230 in the morning. But they finally responded to me and and. They never, ever apologize. They never explain themselves. This has, again, been an issue every year. But at least we were able to watch most of the game tonight um, and a lot to unpack. Certainly, the play of Peyton Sanford stood out to me early on. Peyton had an air ball from three, and Jess Settles, you heard Jess make a remark about Peyton that he had been lighting it up over the past couple of weeks. Um, and that doesn't surprise me because here's a kid that, shot the three really well at Waukee. And typically, I mean, three-point shooting is something that should be able to carry over, certainly defensively and, and physically. Just physicality is going to be an interesting storyline with Peyton. But his ability to shoot the three ball will get him on the floor this year. So he came out in the second half, made a couple quick threes. Um, he's got a good, quick release. Um, 
a little bit odd. I mean, it's not necessarily an orthodox release, um, but, you know, he, again, it's quick. He gets the ball out fast. And, you know, if he can stay in front of people, because he is sort of, you know, it, I know Fran keeps referring to him as more of a two than a three, and maybe I've misheard Fran. But if he is more of a two or a three, he's going to have to guard some quicker guys. And he's, what, six, seven? I've heard some websites list him at six, eight, which is probably being a little generous. But if he's six, seven and trying to guard two guards in the Big Ten, he's going to have to play defense. And he's going to have to be able to move his feet and be quick. And and that's what I'm concerned about. And I've been concerned about that with Peyton for months. And he even admitted several weeks ago that, quite frankly, he's struggled with defense, even just defending his own teammates. And that, you know, there's going to be that learning curve. But I think we're all aware of this. If you're not solid defensively when you get to Iowa, and I'm talking Iowa basketball with Fran, you're not going to you're not going to make any huge improvement over the course of your career on the defensive end. If you think about the best defenders at Iowa since Fran's been here, we're talking Anthony Clemens, we're talking Adam Woodbury. Um, you know, I could throw a guy like uh, uh, Ola Shaney, Gabriel Ola Shaney from London. You know, guys who are just naturally gifted defensively. Um, Ola Shaney was just incredibly athletic and very young as far as his basketball knowledge. But again, good athlete. He was able to kind of produce defensively as a result. And, and that's what I'm encouraged about this team. Joe Toussaint, he's got the uh, defensive dog mentality already. He had it when he got here. Keegan Murray is naturally gifted as far as a- athleticism. You look at a guy like Tony Perkins, same thing. Um, Aaron Euless, probably not the best athlete in the world, but seems locked in defensively. Um, and Riley Mulvey, we've heard nothing but good things about Riley defensively and that he's more behind offensively. That's what I'd prefer. I would prefer France teams have guys who are who come here and are defensively gifted as opposed to uh, teams that, you know, or players, I should say, that get here and and are tremendous shooters or, you know, I don't mean to knock Jordan Bohannon, but Bohannon is the prime example of a player who is not going to get any better defensively. I mean, he, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to knock him. His athleticism holds him back. And I do think coaching has to play into this as well. So here's a guy who can shoot the three really well, but now he's being taken out of games. We even saw that a little bit tonight. Now, don't want to read too much into it. It's again, it's an exhibition game against Slippery Rock, and you're trying to get these young guys going. But if a team, focuses on shutting Jordan down, they're going to shut him down. That means other guys have to step up, but he's not a guy who can break you down. And then when he's not making threes, he becomes a liability because he can't play defense. And of course it's compounded. So they've got the athleticism on this team. Peyton Sanford's a question mark defensively, but his ability to shoot the three will be huge this year. Um, and, and I would not be surprised to see him get 15 minutes a game. Um, and maybe more. I mean, you think back to what C.J. Frederick did his redshirt freshman year. Now, I know Peyton's a true freshman, but C.J. Frederick, his redshirt freshman year, he got a lot of time. I mean, he got a lot of time back there, and again, it was because he could make threes. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, You know, we've, of course, been talking Iowa football for the last couple of months, and Kirk, his decision to play guys oftentimes is predicated by do you make big mistakes or not? I mean, if you're think about Spencer Petrus, he's gotten into some issues. Of course, Purdue, he threw a few late picks, but for the most part, you can you can knock Spencer Petrus all you want. 
up until that Purdue game, he was playing clean football. He wouldn't turn the ball over. And that's one of the main reasons why Kirk puts his trust in a guy like Spencer. So you could say the same thing about a guy like CJ Frederick, a guy like Peyton Sanford. If those guys are holding their own on the defensive end, right? And they're at least able to uh, be efficient with their shots. CJ Frederick was the epitome of efficiency with his three point shooting. Um, you're going to play. You're going to play on a team that is lacking three point shooting. All right. And I don't want to say that, that, Peyton Sanford is the key for this season to be a success, but he's certainly a dark horse. And I said that in my preview earlier this week, my week 179 podcast here on the channel, that Peyton Sanford is the dark horse because of his ability to stretch the floor. Who else is going to stretch the floor besides him and maybe Jordan Bohannon? And again, Bohannon's play is predicated on teams deciding not to take his three-point shot away. The good news about Jordan is now that he's playing off the ball more, you would think he's going to be able to get freer more. And we saw that tonight. Again, slippery rock. I understand the opponent has to be weighed here, but he was able to get a few open looks. He didn't shoot the ball great. I think he only made one or two threes. But he's going to be able to run off screens, run the baseline, and I would think become more of a catch-and-shoot specialist as opposed to you know, making threes off the dribble like he did so much during his first, what, five seasons. He's, this is season number six. I keep forgetting about that. So the bottom line is good start, right? Defensively, you have to be happy with holding anybody to 47 points. Um, again, opponent has to be weighed in this. Slippery Rock is a Division two school. Um, I don't really know anything about Slippery Rock basketball. Uh, I know, you know, I, I always bring up the example of Augustana beating Iowa a few years ago. And of course they were a power in, in their level. And I don't, I have no reason to think slippery rock is a power in division two. And I don't believe they are, but regardless, Iowa did come out there, play defense, played from beginning to end. You got to be happy with the result and 99 points. I mean, again, opponents got to be weighed there, but 99 points against anybody for a team that's losing what their top three scores in Frederick Wieskamp and Garza. That's a step in the right direction. You couldn't, you, you can't possibly be upset with the exhibition results this evening. Okay. In addition to Stan, uh, Sanford, and we will get in just a moment, we'll be making our announcement regarding our analysts that will have a majority of our post game shows for Iowa basketball this season. But in addition to, in addition to Peyton Sanford, who else are we looking for to make an impact? Who made an impact tonight? I will say this. Chris Murray was a little underwhelming. Um, didn't play as much as I expected him to play. Now, Fran did play. I mean, he's playing 13 guys, at least tonight he did. And again, it's an exhibition, so you can do that. But I expected a little bit more from Chris. All right. Uh, and, and again, I'm not trying to say it's an indictment on Chris Murray. Certainly believe that he could get to a point where uh, I'm not saying he's going to be Keegan, but. He, you would have to think he's got the athleticism that Keegan has, or at least close. I don't know how the chromosomes work with twins and, and athleticism and whatnot, but you'd have to think those guys share some similar traits. We just haven't seen it yet from Chris. We've seen a little bit of timidness from Chris. I've noticed Chris is more apt to pull a three as opposed to, uh, you know, drive the ball like Keegan is. So, you know, um, certainly liked what I saw from, from Chris, but, was a little bit underwhelmed with his, I don't say inability, but lack of willingness to, to actually drive the ball. 
Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Can you hear us, caller? Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. How's it going? Good. How are you, Corey? I am good. Good. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts about the lineup that was played tonight for a lot of the game looked like it was pretty small. And do you think that that was that just because of the game that it was and against the opponent, or do you see Fran playing kind of a small ball lineup, uh, which you may not be able to do as much in the big 10, but as far as these other games, how do you think that rotation is going to work out for at least for these first couple of, uh, six non-conference game and then when they get into the tough schedule how you might shift that what are Jared, i have to i have to apologize i have to have you repeat the first part of your question because i, I don't think our our listeners could hear your your question I, I had the audio linked wrong could you repeat the first part of your question yeah no you're good um it looked like fran was playing a pretty small lineup all game tonight uh, ogundale got some minutes but it was pretty small for the most part so do you think that was just because of the opponent that it was and the fact it was an exhibition game? Or do you think we could see a lot more of a so-called small ball lineup this year? Well, that's a good question because, um, you know, we did see more of Philip Robracha earlier at, at the five. But, of course, I couldn't watch the first four or five minutes. I don't think anybody did unless you were at the game because of BTM+. Plus. But Nevertheless, um, a lot of that's going to be determined by is Josh Ogundale ready physically? Um, he, he's, I know they mentioned during the broadcast he's lost 30 pounds, but do I see him playing 25 minutes a game? I don't. Um, to me, that, that's, that's a little overeager. Can you log 15? Maybe. I don't know if Riley Mulvey's going to play. Riley Mulvey didn't see the court until the second half. So... You know, I, I don't know. I wonder about that because, again, those are your only two true fives. I mean, who else would you say is a true center in this lineup? I mean, those are your only true centers. So if if neither one of those guys can play 20 minutes, then, yeah, you're going to have to play a lot of small ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did think that he uh, ran up and down the or just a whole lot better than last year. I mean, he just looked, he looked like he actually belonged on a college basketball floor, but you're right. The, the, uh, he just hasn't had a lot of opportunities and at least to start, he's probably going to be around that 15 minute range. And if he's able to work up to 20, maybe even 25. You're talking about Ogundale? Yeah then that would be great because when it comes to playing, you know, Michigan with Hunter Dickinson and Illinois with Coburn and I mean, just all over the big 10, everybody's got a big, they, if Ogundale can't be on the floor and if Mulvey can't play much, then when Ogundale is not on the floor, they could just get eaten alive by some of these players. So <laughs> somebody's going to need to step up defensively Well, as a, the, the good news here, here, caller, is Riley Mulvey is a natural defender. All right. I know I'm not saying he's ready to bang with the Big Ten with the likes of Kofi Coburn, but he is a natural defender. Fran stated this about a week or two ago um, that Riley is further ahead defensively than he is offensively. That doesn't surprise me. I do want to apologize real quickly 
to, I just got a text message from one of our listeners. He's asking for a box score. I'm working on that. The problem with box scores after exhibition games are sometimes they're a little bit slow um, because the university has to release them. I don't have a, I don't have a copy of the box score. So uh, we are waiting for that here should be coming in shortly and we'll try to get you that information. I can tell you that I believe Keegan, I believe Keegan was the leading scorer and caller. Maybe you can confirm that um, him and Patrick really looked good offensively. Yeah, no, Patrick looked just really good. I mean, he can get to the basket. And yes, of course, the opponent being Slippery Rock, you can't you can't read too much into the success they had tonight. But also, some of that is going to translate over. And I think Patrick had 16 points, uh, at least last I remember when it showed up. Uh, he might have gotten another basket after that. But yeah, he he played very well. Uh, and then yeah, Keegan too. So if those guys can get to the basket and maybe shoot some threes, that'll be the difference offensively. Yeah. I, I've said it the, this whole time. Keegan is going to have to shoot threes, but Patrick's really going to have to make threes because, you know, we even saw Jordan struggle at times. I mean, he's again, he's undersized for a two guard. So, you know, you hope that works, but you can't assume it. I, that's why Peyton Sanford to me is so important between him and, and Patrick, and they're tall enough. They're each about 6'7". They're big enough. Where they're going to be able to get that shot off consistently. Patrick's got a little bit of a, a lower release. Um, but, yeah, they got to be able to shoot the, the three ball. No question about it. And, uh, you know, we didn't see Philip Robracha from out there. He was he was good. He was good at North Dakota. Wasn't great three-point shooter, but he was good. They're going to have to get enough three-point shooting. It's not going to have to – you don't have to have last year. You don't have to have the likes of Wieskin. You don't have – Wieskamp, Frederick, and, and Garza coming in through that door. But you've got to at least yeah. be adequate from three. Yeah, not one of nine in the first half. Yeah, that wasn't good. That wasn't good. Um, and I believe Jordan Bohannon missed a couple open threes in that first half, and Sanford was he obviously nervous. wide open. Yeah, from yeah. the top of the key, he missed. I mean, there was nobody within five, ten feet of him, and he missed it, which, you know, will happen. He, nobody's perfect, but yeah, he needs no, I, to not be a liability, and somebody else is going to have to consistently shoot the three because I so, know they have a lot of guys that can make them, but somebody else is going to need to hit a couple if they're going to win Big Ten games. Caller, I have to ask you a quick question. Jess Settles was really goo-goo, and I'm assuming you watched the game, correct? Yes. So Jess Settles was all over Josh Agundale and was basically saying, I don't think he can play any better than he has. I didn't think Josh played great. Again, his limit, his minutes were limited. Um, what did you see from Ogundale? Because, again, when he was in there, he looked okay, but Jess Settles seemed to to uh, really like his play tonight. Yeah, I didn't agree with what he said, but he looked solid all around, and I think I said that before. He ran up and down the court a lot better. You can see that he is looking far more conditioned, and so – Volume is just going to be the key. If he's able to be in the game for an extended amount of time, I think he's going to have a good year defense. But if he can score along with that, and he looked good at the line too. So I think for the most part, we saw positives from Josh. But I think he can play better, and I think he will. Everybody likes uh, to compare Josh to the likes of Zach Randolph. I find that sort of interesting because we really haven't seen 
Josh shoot from anywhere on the court. I mean, he he's not been in that position. And of course, Zach Randolph was known for his ability to shoot. So uh, I'm with you, caller. He, he doesn't need to score a lot, but uh, there is a big void left on the inside with certainly uh, Garza and Nunji. So you got to get points somewhere. They've got three guys to do it at the five. You, you would have to think. Yeah, for sure. Anything else, caller? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I just, yeah, kind of how that, how that five spot is going to shape up and we just don't know. We'll, we'll have to see because they'll be able to keep it smaller for these first few games, but then it's just going to come down to how long Josh can stay in there. And when he's not in there, I don't know who will be defending some of these bigs, but, uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, uh, how this season starts out. And, I think it could be a successful one, not anything like last year, but as far as this team could find themselves in the tournament, I think they, they could find themselves in the tournament if they don't turn the ball over and they're going to be better defensively overall. So if somebody can step up each night and kind of carry the load offensively, it might be a different guy each night, but if somebody can carry the load offensively, and they play sound defense and don't turn over the ball, I think they can have themselves a successful year. Amen, brother. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the call, man. All right. We do have we do have our box score. All right. I promised that to one of our listeners. So I'll work on getting you that. Um, and I'll run through it here. For anybody who doesn't have access to this, Keegan Murray had 17 points. He was 7 of 10 from the field, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, uh, 0 of 1 from 3. Again, at some point, he's going to have to shoot the three ball. He's just going to have to. Peyton Sanford, 12 points, 2 of 4 from 3, 5 of 8 overall from the field with three boards. Um, one thing I will say, 13 turnovers. That's not a terrible number for for a young team that is, you know, first game out of the out of the shoot here. Again, a lot of these guys are are playing for the first time, or at least uh, for the first time on an extended basis. Those aren't bad numbers. Um, Connor struggled. Now he's not going to have to. He doesn't. Connor didn't have to be an offensive juggernaut, but Connor struggled while he was in the game. Had a couple really bad turnovers. Um, zero points for Connor McCaffrey. Two turnovers. Four assists. Three boards. 0 of 2 from 3. Jordan Bohannon. Five points. 1 of 4 from 3. 2 of 2 from the line. Three assists. No turns. Two boards. Um, Philip Rabracha. Six points. One turnover. Six boards. Three of five from the field. Joe Toussaint had six points, three of six from the field. O of two from three. Again, another guy you'd like to see develop that three-point shot. Do I think that's going to happen? I have no idea. Um, Aaron Euless was quiet. One point, O of five from the field. You know, only turned the ball over one time. You know, I, I've got high hopes for Aaron, but... Uh, you, know, you could argue a slow start. Tony Perkins had a nice game. A lot of cleanup work from Tony. He had eight points with three boards. Did have two turnovers, but was perfect from the strike. Four of four 
from the line, two of six from the field, played 18 minutes, played a lot. Um, Austin Ash had a few <laughs> quick, quick shots later in the game. 10 points for Austin. Um, do I think he'll see the, the court much this year? I don't, but I wouldn't shock me if this team hits a wall in a game with young guys. I mean, he is an experienced leader on this team, so I would not be surprised. Okay, leading scorer was Patrick. He had 18 and 8. That's a good That's a good line. Now, again, I know it's slippery rock, but 18 points for Patrick, 8 boards, 7 of 9 from the field, 2 of 2 from the free throw, excuse me, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, and he led everyone with 21 minutes. Now, I did hear, uh, Fran did state this during Iowa Media Day, that uh, Patrick has been dealing with injuries, some ankle problems. Um, and so, you know, that's encouraging that he was able to come out today and play as well as he was able to, despite those ankle issues. I'm going to throw some of these stats up on the screen. If you do want to call us, give your thoughts on either the game tonight the season ahead. You can even throw in a football question. We'll talk Iowa Northwestern if you want. We don't have Donnie P here joining us this evening, but certainly we'll, we're willing to talk about uh, Iowa football. You can call us 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601. Pull that number up here. All right. Again, um, we do have an announcement to make, and that is in regards to our plan moving forward. We will be hosting these live Iowa basketball postgame shows throughout the season. And I say that because we have a special announcement in regards to who our analyst will be. As soon as I get my numbers here for Patrick, then we will make that announcement. And I think everyone is going to be excited. I'm certainly excited about it. All right, pop this number up here. Yeah, good line. Great line for Patrick. Um, still isn't the biggest guy in the world. He's never going to be big. I mean, he's dealing with a lot with his cancer treatment. I know he's not actively getting treated, so to speak. He's still got medication he's taking on a daily basis. So that's a factor. All right, announcement time. We promised that we would let everyone know who will be our guest, who our special analyst will be moving forward throughout the Iowa basketball season. He was not with us tonight, and I'll explain why in a moment. But our special guest that we will have the majority of our Iowa postgame shows here from the Hawkeye of the Storm is former Iowa assistant coach Gary Close. Now, if you don't know Gary Close, if you don't know that name, do a little Googling. Gary was an assistant coach for years with Dr. Tom, Dr. Tom Davis here at Iowa. He went on to coach as an assistant at Wisconsin with Bo Ryan, um, had a lot of success there, of course, was a part of their final four run. What was that in 14, 15? Um, and certainly got to coach with uh, some, some great coaches and also some great players, likes of Frank Kaminsky, for instance. So, we are so excited to have Gary. Um, Gary will be joining us. Coach Close will be joining us on Tuesday evening to talk about Iowa and Longwood, which will be uh, the game on BTN. And so it will be a game that 
basically everyone will be able to watch. So that's good news. Um, Gary still resides in Middleton, Wisconsin uh, with his family, his son. And we can talk to Gary about this on Tuesday. But Gary's son is actually a student manager for the Iowa men. So he's working with France. So kind of a cool connection there. Again, Gary being a former Iowa coach, and now his son is a student manager, uh, obviously a student at Iowa. And uh, Gary is a great, just a great analytical mind. We always talk about Don Patterson, the football standpoint. Gary, I don't want to say is the same as Don. Don is, Don literally looks at analytics. And when I talk, when I talk about an analytical mind, Gary Close, um, as far as X's and O's, there's not a better guy in the business. Um, and certainly we're going to pick his brain throughout the season. I'll be intrigued to hear from Gary about what he thinks about this team defensively, because certainly Wisconsin, you know, he was able to see the flip side. I mean, he coached against Fran. I mean, he's, he, this is how recently he retired just several years ago. I believe 2016 was when Gary close retired. Um, and so Gary understands how to play defense and the struggles that are associated with not being able to play defense at the big 10 level. So he should be able to provide us an excellent, um, some excellent insight into Iowa basketball and their recent struggles on the defensive end. Um, and again, give us a good breakdown for what he thinks moving forward. But again, we'll be back Tuesday. So Iowa versus Longwood. This is not our post game time. This is the game, the time for the game. All right, Iowa versus Longwood on Tuesday the ninth. Tuesday the 9th, that's his coming Tuesday, 9 p.m. Central Time on BTN. All right. Tuesday, November 9th, 9 p.m. on BTN. So that means, if I'm doing my math correct here, we will be with everybody at approximately 11 p.m. All right. So we're taking this seriously. We'll be on live. Um, and, again, I believe that will be Kate Coach Close's um, debut with us here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Um, he will join us live following the game. And again, successful night tonight. Iowa defeating Slippery Rock 99 to 47. Um, we mentioned Patrick McCaffrey, 18 points, eight boards, seven of nine from the field. Keegan Murray, 17 points, seven of 10 from the field. So efficient days for both of those guys. Um, and again, now we get to real play this coming Tuesday and we'll get a chance to look at these guys um, against better competition against division one competition. And it's not murderers row to start the season folks. This is a very, I don't want to say easy or weak schedule. That would be unfair, but this is a very doable schedule, very workable schedule. All right. Um, so that's that's a positive. This is a young team. We all want to see them play good competition. They will get good competition. They go to Virginia in a few weeks. But to start out with the likes of Longwood and Missouri, Kansas City, that's what this team needs. And certainly that's what Fran, I think Fran, for the most part, when he's been here, has done a pretty good job with scheduling. I give him that credit for that. Last year was a perfect example. They scheduled the likes of Gonzaga and uh, who they play in the ACC channel or the channel ACC net, uh, network, man, I'm looking stuck on TV stations, ACC big 10 challenge. I don't even remember who they played North Carolina. That's who it was at home. That was a good game. That was a solid schedule. And that was because Fran understood. Uh, and certainly the big 10 and ACC had a large role in those, in those scheduling quirks, but Fran understands what his team is able to handle. Now you don't want to, 
show a lack of confidence in your team either. So I, I don't think that's the case with this team. They're young. I think everybody knows they're young. They know they're young, and they will get their chance to shine. The, the Big Ten is probably the best conference in the country again this year. So starting out with a few lesser teams, if you will, is not the worst thing in the world. So again, we will be back next Tuesday at approximately 11 p.m. following Iowa versus Longwood, which will be at 9 p.m. on BTN, and we'll be joined by former Iowa assistant coach Gary Close. So thank you for joining us this evening, and we will talk to you soon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, actually. Iowa postgame with the Voice of College Football over at the Iowa channel. Iowa at the Voice of College Football, breaking down Iowa Northwestern with Coach Donnie Patterson. We'll talk to you soon. Go Hawks.